0: Is no call, no show. Hi, I am Taylor Ray. I'm Ricky. This is a bi-weekly podcast hosted by two women of color bartenders addressing what we believe are the real issues of the hospitality industry.
1: Hey, hello. Hello. How are you, Ricky? I'm good. I'm tired, but I'm good. How I are you? I feel
0: like I haven't seen you in a while. I know. I'm good. I'm real good I'm Happy birthday oh, Thanks <laughs> Ricky asked me uh, What I wanted to do For my birthday And I was like I want to record an episode <laughs> But here um, we are oh, Thank you um, Because I did Because it, I'm just 27 Which ain't shit
1: No um, That's great I wish I was 27 again
0: <laughs> <laughs> And It's a Wednesday And You know I was like I would just love to You know Do an episode With just Ricky and us just kind of get back to you guys and touch base and, you know, just remind you of who we are again and what we about. <laughs>
1: Scary. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so we're about to start our Long Island, I see.
1: Yes.
0: Um, this week, I really wanted to address um, guest abuse and what I mean by that is the abuse that you get um, from guests <laughs> while you're working throughout. Yeah, your not shift. not
1: us abusing guests. We're not we're
0: abusing at. guests. Uh,
1: we shouldn't be abusing guests. We still guests. have
0: jobs, <laughs> um, but um, just. Unless like
1: was just kidding?
0: <laughs> <laughs> we we it, it's just something that I think that doesn't really get spoken about or just gets brushed off by management or. It's just something that us as bartenders don't really vent about as much mm-hmm. as we should and think and not just vent, not just venting in a way that's like, oh, this person was an asshole to me. But just saying like the word abuse mm-hmm. and acknowledging that if outside of the situation if this person talked to you this way, you would say this is abuse. Right. But because you have the barrier of the bar, it's yeah. like bounces. It's like an invisible wall that gets bounced off the bar. You know, you're making
1: a transaction at the end of the day. Yeah. It's like your job. So,
0: yeah. So it's just like, you know, you it's you also are in the middle of your shift and mm-hmm. it's really busy. And this happens to me at my job. That's like the busier, crazier Bar yeah. um, Where I just like Almost don't even have The time to say That's abuse That's unacceptable I, 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 I like shrug it off And I'm like I got you shit have to. to do Yeah, yeah I'm just Sucks. like Next 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, And instead of Just Instead of You know Thinking about that At the end of the shift I just kind of Brush it off And I think mm-hmm. it's something That we should talk about And so I had a guest Who Just Clearly Had A fucked up Whole life Like not even a whole day Like the life just
1: The life was
0: It's a lost lost Yeah. (laughs) And you know what always What I'm always um, So surprised about is when Someone like you had your day at work Let's say you're a 9 to fiver, Mm -hmm. Which is most of the people that visit our bars You had a whole day at work Now Either two scenarios Either someone is abusing you Right. Like someone is talking to you at work in this way yeah. and you feel like it's appropriate for that behavior to trickle into the rest of your night. And, yeah. and, and then we absorb that uh-huh. or like you just are not in a position of power And you feel like you need to exert that in different ways. And let's say Mm -hmm. you work at a job where that doesn't happen to you. Like you're not being verbally abused, but you don't feel like you have personal growth in this job. You don't feel fulfilled. And so afterwards, like you, you came correct the whole day. You're all pent up. You acted normal. You spoke to people in like a normal way. You were respectful. Mm -hmm. You behaved. And then literally like when you fucking entered this bar, you decided that you don't know how to fucking act. Like I'm just gonna like fuck it. Like just throw it in the air. Like And then
1: you add alcohol, so it's even worse.
0: Exactly. A lot of things that like as we're we're told that our managers tell us is like to leave it at the door. You know, this whole concept of leaving it at the door. And it's very hard. It's not only is it really hard, it doesn't really exist. It's just internalize and just It's bottling it up. Bottling bottle it up.
1: Does not leave it at the door, it's bottle that shit up. Batch
0: it all right batch it in large format and bottle that shit
1: up and put it all the way at and the bottom. there's
0: no fresh juices so that shit has shelf life that's what
1: we're told to do with our fucking problems. that just fucking hit me because i do that not just at work but that's a that's a conversation for another day
0: yeah <laughs> And like, that's something that I think our guests are not aware that, you know, we're kind of trained to do to like bottle it up or just to leave it at the door. And whatever you're going through, like you just have to, you know, go through the service. And I got to, you know, I there was a guest who had been like nagging me and just like Mm -hmm. really just getting at me. And he at one point just said something and I just like turned and I was like this is abuse. Like uh-huh. this is actual fucking Absolutely. abuse. Like this is like, as such, there's, there's the power dynamic. I don't know when it happened. And I think a, a big part of it is just like the concept of hospitality and what we're here to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a service. Um, it's a service that most of us, especially in New York, do really well. And we're rewarded by 20% of, yeah, of if, your, of your money. Yep. Um, But I just don't understand, like when I'm giving, when I'm not like giving that energy to you, why you feel like you need to give it to me. And so I had been, you know, I I I avoided it and avoided it, and then I like turned to the computer and my coworker, who's just like very aware of my behavior mm-hmm. because I think that I'm generally a very um, leveled person, and mm-hmm. I don't I don't like I don't have, have like I'm not moody normally. So yeah. like when I shift, people. People they can tell. Wonder, yeah, mm-hmm. they like they, they they can tell, and I was like, I feel like I'm like being verbally abused by this guy, and it and it's in small increments. What was it's he doing? Passive aggressive. It was just like snarky remarks, or like if I took <sighs> someone's drink order, what he thought before him, just like just like jab, little jabs. Yeah. I mean, this was on a Saturday night, and it was probably yeah. late. I can't tell you exactly what he said, but, but yeah. I just remember being like, it just feeling, and this is the thing, also. If you're ever, I mean, I've been in an abusive relationship before. Mm-hmm. So if you're ever, if you've been in an abusive situation before, no matter if it was from a partner or a parent or a friend or mm-hmm. in a working situation, it triggers. And yeah. it, and I have to also be cognizant of that because I have to remember, okay, I ha- even though this is triggering something in me, I have to step outside of myself and yeah, say, separate it. but is this actually the same feeling that someone has made me feel before? Mm-hmm. Or is this just triggering? A, like, a, is this a soft spot that they don't know they're hitting? And so I was like, no, this isn't a soft spot, even though I'm like a survivor of an abusive relationship. Yeah. This is, this is actual abuse. And so my, my coworker was like, what's going on with you? Cause she could just tell. Yeah. And I was like, this guy has just like been not directly verbally abusing me. So again, like not something that a bouncer would see or other guests would see, but that's what real abusers do, right? They kind of just like, just like, s- like, s- like slide along the surface, but mm-hmm. without making it obvious that they it. That's the tricky part about that's it. That's what mm-hmm. real abusers do. They make it, it's in the open in front of everyone. And so how could someone talk like that to you in front of everyone? They wouldn't. Yeah, they're but like, they oh, are. Yeah. You know? And mm-hmm. so she was like, well, what's happening? And when I told her, and when you, you know, when you talk, and thankfully, if this, one bar I work at, like we kind of run the, we run our own show, which is great because mm-hmm. in this instance, I didn't need to, she was like, that's it. He's out. That's it. Like, yeah. if you feel that way, uh-huh. then that's it. He's out. And it wasn't that it was a particular instance that seems very obvious that someone would leave. Like when someone, if someone was to say, go fuck yourself.
1: Yeah. Or right? Raising their voice or they're doing, then something it crazy. would be really
0: obvious to everyone that he needs to leave. But this was in really small increments and in little mm-hmm. dosages. And it wouldn't seem like that would be validate, like validate for him to, you know, be 86. But like they were and I'm just really thankful that I work at it and grateful that I work at a place that recognized that even though it wasn't in your face abuse, it was still abuse.
1: It still matters. yeah.
0: And mm-hmm. I, you know, he got kicked out and he was like, what the fuck? And they were like, "There, there isn't a any discussion anymore. There doesn't you're, need to be an I explanation. If I say you're done, you're done. Yeah, no explanation. Mm-hmm. And it just really... I felt really good about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, <laughs> later on that night, actually, like a, somebody who's like a sexual predator and had like was at the door and what? I was like, do not. They're not allowed to come in. But like that kind of like, again, this barrier of, like, like a known so- unknown from episode one came to the door and was like, oh, let Which me come one? in. Mine, not yours. OK,
1: <laughs> what
0: yeah, I was trying to get in. Are you fucking kidding me? I know. <laughs> Looking through the window, like, and I was like, and again, those, and then when you're in, when you are someone who. The delusion. The delusion. And when you're someone who's been, and this is like after a long shift. and But when you're someone who's been in like, like, oh my God, I have to deal with this. And what's great about the place that I work at, and which is what I, what this conversation is prompting is that if you do not work in a place where. You can go to your manager and explain what abuse means to you. Mm -hmm. Not just what abuse means to them. Right. Not just what a guest said. Fuck you a guest. And I think a lot of managers um, view abuse in parallel uh, worlds where it goes parallel to the outside of the bar. So if a guest is is verbally or physically abusive or harassing another guest and they handle that, and 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 they usually handle that really pretty well. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, in a perfect world, and <laughs> and it's getting better. But uh-huh. when it comes to another coworker doing that, they usually tend to handle it pretty well. But not. But when that perp- when those lines intersect, cross. yeah, it it's like they don't know how to figure out like the point to find I think a solution it should be for those your
1: yeah employees first. But there are some people that don't. Understand that part. Uh-uh. So,
0: so, what I'm, what I think, what I'm getting at is that one, we need to talk about more to each other about how to handle abuse, like guest abuse. I think what you need to do is, cr- you know, write down the situations when it's happened so that you can present to your manager and say, in this case, this happened. How would you like me to respond? And really find out how, because I did this to my Mm -hmm. new GM. I was like, how would you like me to respond when this happens? Or what would you think? How do you think? How do I handle it? Do I just grab you or do I? Because I would like to, I want to know where my, my managers and my GM's minds are at on Mm -hmm. how I should handle it. And once I can figure out in their mind, when they've played like problem solving, Mm -hmm. if I don't, if I'm not aligned with that, that's a really easy way to figure out if that's a place you need to be at. right. Because if that's, if that's not, if the solution to that problem is not in your best interest to keep you safe then they're they're more concerned about the guest. And I think hopefully we're moving towards a generation of bartending and management and that old school mentality of the guest is always right Mm -hmm. is is hopefully it's there's like a facelift and it's like we're moving towards something. But yeah. (laughs) Sometimes that's not the case because like Jackie said and it's all about money. You know what I mean? It's Uh all about You know, if, is this a table that's spending money? Oh, it is. Well then you got to fucking deal with it. Oh, Oh, this is a friend of the house. You Mm got to deal with it. Uh -uh. And I think that guests don't get reprimanded. If this was a scenario outside, you have no problem telling someone like, that's not how you act. That's not how you behave. Don't treat me this way. Don't speak to me this way. Mm -hmm. But it's this weird blindfold that people are like have when it comes to a professional situation. This is a, profession this is a like billion dollar like fucking industry how have we not figured these things out yet and it's just again like we talk about abuse from coworkers, and we talk about like when a guest treats another guest a certain way but sometimes we really need to like talk about what to do and how to handle when when we get abused from guests because we have to close the bar after working a long shift, mm-hmm. go home and still have that And sometimes it's
1: hard to even come back. Like even in the same shift, if you take like a second away and you come back, you're just shook for the rest of your shift. Yeah. Depending on how intense the abuse is. It's like it's happened to me before. Like the one time it really happened bad, I had to step away. And I've never had to do that before. I just deal with it. But this... One time was so intense that I had to leave the bar at the busiest time. Yeah. And I came back and I couldn't even be in that station anymore. I had to swap stations with someone just because I didn't even want the person got kicked out. But I didn't even want to be in that area because I was just going to think about it for the rest of my shift. Yeah. So it's like sometimes it's that triggering where you like you have to take a step back. But it's on your mind for the rest of the shift, and even and it, like, and it even doesn't what, matter. And
0: even what, I mean, I think what what I, I I thanked my coworker because she is such a great representation of being aware of who you work with, even mm-hmm. when it could be five fucking deep. Like she'll just look at me and like oh, the just energy. just see, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like that's another thing we need to be really aware of. It's like ma- like obviously like pay attention to your guests, but like see how your partners doing. Check on people because how, there have been so many times where like I can see my partner mm-hmm. like is not that like the the message is not getting across or there's some disgruntling and I'll come in and literally she'll just walk away and, and I'll just it. like take over. Yeah. And that has dissolved an issue.
1: It's happened to me with being know, like, harassed at work too. I'm lucky that I work with a lot of guys that notice when I'm being harassed and they literally just come to my station and be like Ricky push down. Yeah. I got this guy. But you
0: still, but it's still in the peripheral. Like they're still there. They, and that's, it doesn't that's matter how sometime, busy we
1: are. They'll be like, you okay with that guy? Yeah. Push down. Yeah. I got it. Which is great.
0: Which is the other thing that we should, we uh, stay aware of your coworkers. Cause As, like,
1: like, yeah, it's a team. So. It's a
0: team and like, and you know, and we feel bad and the, there's just weird guilt. I don't know where it really comes from, but when you have to step away from the bar in the busiest moment, because you're like, fuck, they're going to be swamped.
1: Oh, I felt horrible. Cause I came up and half the, half my coworkers didn't know what happened. And the other half did. Yeah. So was like the half that didn't were mad at me. And I was like, I can't even talk to you right now. Cause I'm about to cry. Yeah. And they didn't get it. And until later, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't know that happened. Yeah. But it's like, I can't blame them for not knowing because I literally just had to leave. Yeah. You had to get off the bar. I had to. I was going to probably lose my job if I didn't. Yeah. So.
0: It has to get to that point, yeah. too. And like in a lot of other industries, you're allowed to just kind of step away for a second and get some air. And like when if it's from eight to one, like you can't even take a fucking piss. So let alone deal with some personal
1: shit. Um, you know, and opposite for me, one to eight. Oh yeah. And it's literally I can't take a sip of water, I can't do anything. So when yeah. I have to leave the bar, it's
0: a big deal. I just think that, you know, there should this should be a discussion. I think this is something that you should check in with your, you know, your coworkers about at the end of the night, not just being like, How was your night? Sometimes you don't even talk to someone for a whole shift and you like, How was your night? And you know it's gonna be the same fucking responses, oh it was crazy, oh it was this but, you know, saying, like, was it there at any moment, did someone not treat you well? Mm-hmm. Like, should, you know, I just want to be there for you and talk to you. And it and it sounds, like, super sentimental when you're just trying to count your money and leave. But
2: I think, I, think I think that, like, yeah. if
0: you can help unpack some of that shit w- at the place, then you can leave your job feeling a little lighter. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, um, you know is important. And also again, jobs are jobs, you need them, but if your fucking management is not about putting you first, then you need to just strategically find your way out. And that's something that I think is really important to even talk about in an interview. Hey, I want to work somewhere where my I feel supported by my management staff. If someone is not treating me well, that they have my best interest, mm-hmm. and then they hear all aspects of the story. We can talk about another time, but I need to know that I am backed by by a management team that supports me and yeah. is out, is there for me to be protected by them. Yeah, and if that's if they seem like they're like uh uh uh, uh <laughs> then that's not a place you need to work. Yeah, you know,
1: you're right. It'll make your decision so much easier. Yeah. From Get. That's my tea. but That was a great tea. Um, <laughs> this week, I'm kind of like passing the tea. This is something, I'm just going to read out the synopsis of what happened to a friend who wrote in to me, and then you and I can talk about what we think. It's a really interesting situation. Um, So, this friend is a female friend. Mm-hmm. She wrote in um, about... How this is the third time in one week that she was denied access to information as far as making drinks or learning about cocktail recipes because not everyone can have access to such and such as Evernote. Or if you never worked at a so-and-so bar, you won't understand. Or this is, this is, the, one this is the one that blows me. It's a guy's only cocktail Evernote. And that sounds like a never
0: note, not
1: a ever note. That's a never note. So her response was. (laughs) Sounds like i never know. I'm never trying to be a
0: part of that note if that's what the fucking case is. Fuck y'all.
1: How like 2019? How? So her response, obviously, she wrote into me, but she was like. First of all, what they should have done is ask my experience because they didn't know. Or B, teach me. If I don't know something or on the same team, why don't you just teach me? We're trying to lift each other up. We work at the same place. I'm asking you something and you don't think I know or I'm not experienced enough. A, ask me or B, teach me. Why would you keep information from me? This is not a competition. We're all working together. That's
0: just like those inner realms of power that like it's it's, it's so fucking ridiculous. A- this is the shit that I've like am and I, I'm I don't feel like I'm an I advocate for much, even though i I should. but I think that like the hierarchy system in the hospitality industry within these circles, yeah, whether it be like bartender server, bartender, barback, bartender, 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 bartender hello. bartender, bartender is just like so cool. So if I was asked by a guest to make this drink,
1: you're cool with me. It's kind of like a God complex thing. And it pisses me off because how are we supposed to learn? This is like age of information. If you're trying to withhold information from your own teammates, it's is this like coming
0: from management bar management.
1: No, another guy she works with.
0: Why does he have all the access to all the, because he's
1: more experienced and he worked at. So I'm not going to add names, but this bar he's worked with this person. He's worked at, if you've never worked at a so-and-so bar, you wouldn't get it. Like that's his, excuse and she talked to another female bartender about a this small dick. and apparent he does and apparently he's done this to other people too other women that he's worked with um and she she put it great she was like if this was a fucking chocolate chip cookie recipe you're gonna get fucking worked up over chocolate chip cookie
0: yeah
1: really like it's just cocktails
0: it's like you want me to make this cookie without chocolate chips
1: because like, I, I've never worked up I've never, cause I've I never worked up uh, fucking chips ahoy
0: yeah <laughs> like fucking kidding me with that shit
1: yeah, so I just thought it was really interesting because I've never I've never had to deal with this, but if she has to deal with this shit, it's like that. It, it's mind blowing. I
0: I'm trying to figure out you now what kind of co- what kind of
1: bar is this where she works right now.
0: Yes, where this is happening.
1: I'm not going to say the name of the bar. No, but you it's don't like have to a, say the name. But
0: what like what kind of bar is this?
1: It's a cocktail bar, a pretty well known cocktail bar. It's a cocktail bar. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, I feel like whenever no is is given to me, it's given to me by a manager and I have, it's like, here's the link to the Evernote.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah.
0: Is the person that she's not getting the Evernote from the manager,
1: bar manager, it's the bar manager, but also bartends behind the bar with them. It's both. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. So she's being denied information by someone who works with her that, I mean this is the part that's ridiculous because you should and what wanna... about
0: what about gm front of the house have you like is there any... she didn't
1: mention that at all
0: so well sometimes is also sometimes in certain in certain bars like the gm is or the front of the, like front of the house managers are just like bar managers are run run the realm mm-hmm. and they're just like oh sorry that's like that person's realm and so they don't actually have any access to those things as well mm-hmm. which is really unfortunate um what did did you give her any advice?
1: I didn't really know what to say because I've never had to deal with anything like this before. Um, I personally think that she should contact upper management if th- that's an option. Yeah, she did tell me that she confronted him about it, and he responded by, <laughs> "It's very cliche," by telling her that she's too emotional. So, I think she should just get out. But it's a place that she's learning a lot from other bartenders it's just this one that she has an issue with um and it's a resume builder for her which is sad but i think that you
0: have to say to yourself and maybe i've just been in this industry for too long and i've gotten to a certain point in my career where i'm really happy with where i'm at and how like work but like you have to say to yourself like resume builder or a self destructor yeah like who like building one thing up and building yourself this is more abuse and this is, it's abuse. And mm-hmm. it's the fact that she, I think what, what she should do if I was her mm-hmm. is I would call a meeting mm-hmm. Is it, is it just been verbal. Like, is there any text messages? You know me, I'm all she about the fucking trail. Yeah, she hasn't, I'm like, give me the trail.
1: What I would do, she first, does have proof because another, another female bartender is complaining about the same thing.
0: What I would do is this because I'm just that bitch. I would fucking text that person and be like, hey, make can it I a paper trail. Make it a paper trail. huh. Just make it a paper trail because he's fucking stupid and he's mm-hmm. going to fall into a trap because he's dumb because mm-hmm. his ego is bigger than his dick. And he's Ugh. and he's like and he will will write something stupid. Yeah. I'm telling you, he will. He will say if, it's if you're not- stupid
1: enough to fix your lips to say something like guys only ever know imagine what he would text
0: <laughs> or you know what I would like, do, which I have done in the past. And I keep, I still have like, a like I will send this to myself. I will just re ask the question, put my phone in my fucking apron and press and ha- record. Uh-huh. And I, pr- I swear to God, fucking do it. This has happened with managers and this has happened with other bartenders. This has happened again with that, like abuse. Mm-hmm. It's, bu- abuse comes in so many different forms and fashions. Yeah. And especially when someone abuses also someone who wants to keep you stagnant and not see you grow. Mm-hmm. That's a form of abuse like that. Like it's a form of control and power. And oh, I yeah. feel like
1: he's he, trying to own her and keep her. Where she's at behind the bar so she can. So
0: what? She can't work the shift. So that then he's, why do you want he's creating the schedule? So anyway. Why
1: do you want her on your team if you don't want her to learn?
0: Because he needs women on his team. Mm hmm. Right. So no threatened. one can say that there's no there's or he's just threatened. I don't know if it's I mean, he's probably be threatened. But I think that like there's just like any women on the team and people are the color on the team. Check, check, check. I did what I said. Like I did what everyone's going to accuse me of not doing. Mm-hmm. They're there. So. Yeah. And this is what Jack again, bringing up Jackie is like he was saying that, like, even when you're put in a place of power in the sense of working at a like great cocktail bar, which is amazing for a woman or person of color. That seems like a really big step in your career. Yeah. You can still be controlled by the powers that be even given those roles that you think that you have advantage in and you don't. You it's don't. just like that was, I did that. So that's enough. Check. Check. Done. You're a check mark. Yep. Um. Personally, I would, Press record on my phone and ask him for it again. Or Keep it in screenshot. the apron. Screen or text him for it. Whatever you think is gonna whatever you you think is gonna provide the truth, but mm-hmm. have it so that people see and hear what actually is coming out of their mouths. Because again, when it comes to management, it's like they're you're wording against yours. You and need depending on solid how proof. depending yeah. on how long the bar's been open, if they just hit a big you know, if they just did a big turn in their um Uh, staffing or like if it's a you know what I mean depending on where the bar manager is and how close they are to the owners yeah like you just need the evidence literally you just need the evidence and I had that when I worked at Lilia I had just like hit record put my shit (laughs) in my fucking pocket because they knew that my bar manager was abusive verbally abusive to me and I did and I, I I was just working and I knew that the scenario was going to Uh As much as he manipulated me, I manipulated him in in that way. But I knew he was going to do exactly what he had done to me. And I recorded it. And it wasn't that the owners didn't believe him, but they rehiring management is much is something that owners do not want to do as fast as hiring bartenders or turning the turnover on staff for servers, barbacks, bussers, bartenders, you know hostess is much higher Than yep. on management because they don't want to have to deal With all of that again
1: exactly but if you're
0: like This is a fucking lawsuit what are you Going to fucking do about it
1: yeah because If you don't do something I'm going to do something it's going to be Yeah so
0: seriously Um one I mean I just feel so bad For her like yeah. that's just so fucking I, shitty. she wrote
1: Me about this and I was like I think that's the reason why I didn't give her any advice because she wanted us to talk about it on here. Yeah. she like, could you please talk about this? And I'm like, absolutely. I've never even, I didn't even know this existed. Yeah. It sounds crazy. It sounds like a waste of time. Yeah. For someone to do this to someone on their team. Yeah. But nothing surprises me anymore.
0: And also, <laughs> you know what? Like, I'm also, I'm not out here trying to name drop the shitty people that treat me shitty, but best believe in my, on my next interview, if someone asks me why I am no longer there, mm-hmm. your name will come up <laughs> and what the fuck you did to me will come up. Yep, And then that's your leeway to say, and this is why I never want to work at a place like this again. So yep. hopefully this is a good fit because this like, do you, like it just, those j- there's like a, you know, when you leave your reference for mm-hmm. a fucking resume, like, there yep. should be, like, a resume reference for pieces of shit like this. Like Yeah,
1: for the opposite. For
0: the opposite.
1: Do you know what I mean? Like... On the end of your description of job, why I left... Because this person did this.
0: Yeah, here's his number. <laughs> Harass him.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <sighs> that's fucking so shitty. Yeah. Also, I mean, my- is it just, like, house cocktails or just, like... What is it?
1: Um, I don't know. It shouldn't go into detail on that.
0: It's fucking stupid.
1: Either way, it's, like... I mean, techniques and cocktails and whatever. It's just like, you, you, you wouldn't get it. It's like, you don't, how do you know that?
0: It's also like, so when the time comes for her to perform and she can't because she hasn't been provided the tools to do that. Like, what's the end what game it? here? It doesn't make sense. To ridicule her, to make her feel dumb, but you're not providing her with that?
1: Yeah. Whose fault is it really? The fuck? Yeah.
0: Fuck out of here. Yeah. All right, well. I and mean, guys, if you have any... Um, suggestions for any issues that we bring up, please email us at no call, no show pod at gmail.com. Yeah. Cause we can we, always
1: update it. We'll bring it up in a later episode. Yeah. To know. just,
0: to just, if, if you've gone, if you've suffered from any of these kind of ways of abuse and you have dealt with it in a way that you feel really good about positive about and felt like really made at the end of it, you felt stronger about then please share that with us. Cause we'd yeah. love to, Reiterate back to different episodes and say, like, this is how this person dealt with it. Mm-hmm. And that could really help a listener who maybe we couldn't provide Indeed. them the right yeah. answer for. Exactly. Yeah. We're here for you, Mama.
1: Hit <laughs> me up. Yeah, we
2: know. Today, we are going to do a new segment on the No Call, No Show pod um, called Blind Drop. And Blind Drop is an opportunity for Ricky and Taylor to each take turns um, answering a few questions without the other person in the room. So um, since today is a uh, guestless episode, um, Ricky and Taylor are our featured guests for today, We are going to ask each of them some questions about each other, um, which will hopefully help us get to know them better as individuals and also as friends. Um, So let's jump right in. Ricky, you're going first. Yes. All right. So we're going to be talking about Taylor today. Great. Let's start off with some more lighthearted questions and then get a little more deep. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, So the first question is a two-parter. Okay. What is Taylor's biggest pet peeve both oh, no. on the bar and outside of it?
1: You know what? I actually don't know. I think that... I don't know. On the bar, she doesn't really have that many complaints. Um, she's a great bartender and she always like tends to keep a level head, whereas I'm the opposite. um I would just say like the basic like idiots, like idiots that come to your bar that are just, you know, like she just discussed like the abuse situation. And then I have a story for the second one. I don't know if it's a pet peeve, but it's something that cracked me up. We were at a grocery store buying something for a dinner party and we're at one register and the next register there was like a teenager there that was just looking at us and laughing. And Taylor was about to cuss him out because she was like, what's so fucking funny? She didn't say anything until we left. And she was like, I cannot stand children like that. I cannot stand <laughs> preteens that are just out here laughing at people for no reason. She's like, I almost cussed his ass out. But I kept it together. So, so her
2: pet peeve is youth. Just like The youth.
1: Youth, like New York youth that just like, they have no respect.
2: They just, you know. <laughs> All right. I like it. Yeah. All right. Second question. Everybody has a drunk person alter ego. So, what is the name of Taylor's drunk alter ego and what are his or her characteristics? The uh, the gender of or sex of the um drunk alter ego sometimes isn't the same isn't as the same. sober.
1: Um I'm going to I'm going to like say that Taylor turns very Bronx when she gets drunk. Okay? In a, in a good way that she will like protect the shit out of you and she doesn't care what she says. Circle back to our first episode. If you need a story (laughs) Um, and just kind of like has the most fun. But if once you fuck with her or someone that's around her, it's like game over. Um, So what could be a good name for for her? Um, Let's let's uh, take a page from Bodega Boys and call her Yesenia (laughs) (laughs) from the Bronx. She's a phybotomist. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. That's her personality. Yesenia. She's drunk for sure.
2: I like it. <laughs> um, how did you meet, and what initially drew you to Taylor as a friend?
1: Um, so, me and Taylor had met a few times, like just industry stuff. But the first time we really became friends is at the first bartender boxing. I want to say two years ago. Um, I was going through a really tough time, like with family stuff and relationship stuff, and it'd been my first time out in a while. And Taylor was just a person that was there and she kind of could read on me that something wasn't right. And she asked me to lunch to talk about whatever was going on. And then we met up maybe two days later and we talked about it and she really helped me through it. And then we were just friends from then on. Like I always make the joke that Taylor came into my life like a tornado because once we first started hanging out, it was like every day. Hey, I'm coming over. Hey, we're doing this tonight. Hey, I don't care what you're doing. We're, you know, we're going to go do this. Show. I'm going to come over. You're going to come over. Like, it just happened very fast. And then we just hit it off. And that's how it started. Cool.
2: Yeah. All right. Where do you see Taylor in five years?
1: Um, Being a boss-ass bitch. Specifically? Um, she is going to... I know she's going back to school. So... She's going to by then have like a job she really loves, a job she cares about. She's going to be flourishing. We're going to still be doing this podcast, even though she might, you know, we might both not be behind the bar anymore, but we'll still do that. She's going to maybe have a pet or maybe a, a kid or I don't know. I, I think that Taylor is like ready to take care of something or someone. and She's really good at it. So mm. I see that for her. Cool. Yeah.
2: If you could change something about yourself to be more like Taylor, what would it be?
1: Um, I think to speak up more. Taylor is a great way of like confronting people and saying how she feels, where I'm the opposite. I, I have a lot of thoughts and a lot of opinions, but I keep to myself a lot, only because I'm scared of how it'll come out. And she literally has no fucks to give about that part. Mm. And I admire that about her a lot.
2: Mm. If you could change one thing about Taylor to be more like yourself, what would it be?
1: Um, more, not, I don't want to say detail oriented, but she'll text me sometimes and I don't know what she's talking about. (laughs) And I'm like, Taylor, I need some background. or I need something. I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm very, I'm the opposite. I'm like, all right, so this thing is about this. I need this from you. Whereas I have to do some digging and understand where she's coming from.
2: Yeah. Yeah. All right. And one last question. Mm -hmm. What is the coolest fucking thing you've ever seen Taylor do?
1: Whoa, well, um, let me really think about this. There's a lot of cool things. Um, I think that for me, it's a cool thing, but also a, something that made me realize who Taylor is and like how powerful she is, is one time seeing someone that she was a coworker with almost fail in a presentation. And she effortlessly swooped in and saved him Hmm. and saved the whole presentation. And Hmm. it was like off the top of the head. Hmm. She just swooped in and just like took over. It didn't embarrass him in any way. It kind of seemed seamless as though like she was supposed to do it. But at the end when I talked to her, she was like, I did not know what I was going to say or do, but you would never know. And it was so cool to me. And I'm like, this is why Taylor is where she's at because she's just, you know, it's in her blood. Mm -hmm. So
2: that was a defining moment for me and that's it great answers thanks yeah. ricky no problem Now you get to leave until yes. it's come back in Not yes because i don't feel like getting up Get the same eight questions. Okay. That Ricky did. She is now out of the room.
0: Is that being too loud?
2: No, you were great.
0: Are they being too loud? Oh, are
2: they being too loud? No, I think it's. I think it's okay. It'll okay. help drown out your answers. <laughs> um. Thanks. And so we're, I'm going to ask you the same uh, series of questions in the same order. They're going to go from a little more lighthearted to a little bit more um, serious. Okay.
0: Um, I would say. Ricky's biggest pet peeve, as a bartender, is having your shit together. I would say Biggie, uh, Biggie's, Ricky's biggest pet peeve as a person is also just having your shit together. <laughs> All right, I think that you know when Ricky comes to any situation, she always has it together. She's very intentful, and she's like, "This is what I got." Like, mm-hmm. she's never just, even when she's, like, off the cuff, she still has her shit together. So I think that, you know, when I think Ricky's always like, oh, what do you want? And then it's the it's the thing that most bartenders are, like, they're asking their other friends, like, oh, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? And she's like, next. I think it's the same thing with a mm-hmm. person. Like, if you don't know what you want, mm-hmm. um, not that she's not sensitive, but she's just like, okay, next, like, deal with your shit. And then we we'll, can, we can like, return to this.
2: Mm. All right. Um, next question is, so everybody has a drunken alter ego. What is the name of Ricky's drunken alter ego? And what are some of his or her personal characteristics?
0: Um, Ricky's drunken alter ego is probably named like... Oh my god, I wouldn't even know the fucking name right now. But she just gets I think that Ricky gets really silly. I'm gonna call her like Lucy. Silly hmm. Lucy. That's a good name. Um, but she gets like really silly and really um she'll start dancing and kinda like bopping around and that's when you know she's she's like hit her point where she just like like a little twerk comes out or um I think she just gets her alter ego is just who is inside of her, but maybe some of who she's afraid or has like maybe self-conscious to come out is, is who Ricky is, which is so much fucking fun. Cause she should be like, "Er, no, or like she just, you can tell she just is not dealing with people's shit or she's just like there for a good time, mm-hmm. you know, and things kind of like roll off of her and, um, she just gets really, She's a great drunk. You know, she's Mm -hmm. so, she's so silly and so fun. Lucy. Yeah, she gets Lucy. She gets Lucy. That's why her name is Lucy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Where do you see? Oh, (laughs) There's another thing going on there, which is Lucy and Ricky. (laughs) What? Like, uh. Lucy and Ricky from I Love Lucy.
0: Oh my god, Lucy and Ricky. Except yeah. there's not like an abusive like husband, yeah. you know, the whole thing, but you know that shit, but
2: Oh I didn't know Desi Arnaz was abusive. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. In,
0: in real sex. life, he was a piece of shit. Yeah.
2: I, I do love I love Lucy and
0: Desi Lucy. Arnaz did a lot for like the salsa community and like yeah. it did a lot for Cuban Americans, but Cuban Americans, yeah? Cuban? Yep. Yeah. yeah. But he's should, he, he got to go. He gone, but he needed to go. But yes, Lucy and Ricky.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, where do you see Ricky in five years?
0: Ricky in five years, I see her. Not necessarily out of the industry, but I see her adjacent. Um, I think that Ricky has it. She has a fashion background and I think that Ricky is a really good delegator and I think that Ricky has a lot of really awesome ideas. Um so I see her like stepping away from the bar and not necessarily going into management, but I do think that like she should be I see her doing like consulting. I think that Ricky could be an incredible um pioneer of fashion in uniforms especially when it comes to like gender neutral ones Mm. that she's felt really strongly and passionately about when it comes to that and i think that i hopefully see her kind of like bringing her fashion realm back into it because i know she feels really passionately about that um into the industry i don't think she'll like i said she'll be industry adjacent but i don't think i don't see her like behind the bar in five years i see her with like a kid on her hip and like uh, like a fucking brolic us rock on our finger.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, if you could change one thing about yourself to be more like Ricky, what would it be?
0: Um, perspective. I think that Ricky has... A, I think that I can um, kind of go in front of myself sometimes with my reactions to things. And I can, I'm very reactionary and I think that Ricky has really great perspective. I think that if I could be more like Ricky, it would just to be, I think a, a, what I feel like if, we, if there was a scenario that happened where someone like disrespected us, like I feel like I would get gully and Ricky would just sit and then let it sit for a second and be able to respond in a really powerful way that would make that person feel really small And but in a very like poised manner that's she never like wilds out like even on a podcast she's like Taylor like no like Taylor relax you know what I mean I think that's a really good like balance of like me just like like fucking going off and her just being like okay but let's communicate this in a better (laughs) way
2: (laughs) and if you could change one thing about Ricky to be more like yourself what would that be
0: um, I think she allows too much space for people to um, take advantage of her. I think she's really patient with people, but I definitely would love if she really took time to see how much I value her and the people around her value her and make sure that, in situations where people passive aggressively are devaluing her, she she's always there to like understand people. Like Ricky's not an emotional person. She's a really nice, caring and understanding person. So her personality off like when you meet her is not like it comes off as I'm the more like nurturing caring person and like oh but like she actually is the more nurturing <laughs> caring person. Um, and I just want her to always stand strong in the foundation of her own value and not let like never let anyone not that she allows anyone but to just always like be when someone's doing some stupid shit just mm-hmm. be like no instead of being like maybe i should understand what this person's coming from but sometimes it's like no this person's just a piece mm-hmm. of shit mm-hmm. you know and uh and that's a great like again that's like a, a great attribute that she has is that she's her perspective And she's always trying to understand people, but sometimes people are not worth understanding.
2: All right. Two more. How did you meet and what initially drew you to Ricky as a friend?
0: I initially met Ricky at a going up and I was like, Oh my God. who the fuck is that? As I think that, um, not only is Ricky just stunning. Um, And she has such a presence about her. Another part of her that has... Really is the presence is that... There are people who know they're fucking gorgeous... And they act that way. And then there are people who are just like... Beautiful and inside and out. And are just really humble. And and not so... um, Caught up in their own shit. Um, And then... So I met her there. And I knew her through her ex. Who I was closer to as a friend. And then the first time I think... Her and I really connected was two years ago for Bartender's Boxing when it was a huge event and there was fucking tons of people there and I've always kind of wanted to get closer to her because I feel like as a woman when you're closer to the man in the relationship you feel obligated to make sure you make an effort to be friends with their partner who's a woman so that there's an understanding there's no threat. You know what I mean? Um, And I can tell she was just like by the bar and she just looked like some shit just went down. And I was like, yo, like what the fuck is going on? And she was like, she told me like this wild situation that was happening with her family. And I was like, Hey, you want to get out of here? And it was like in the middle of the event. And there were people who were a part of it that we were friends with. And she was like, yeah. And her and I literally left that event and went to a shitty like Midtown West bar that had Comic Sans font on the outside. She was like, oh my God, I can't believe we're going to this bar as Comic Sans. I was like, it's the closest fucking bar. We're going here. (laughs) And I was just like, pulled her out of a situation that I saw her Mm. amongst all these people. It was like a movie, you know, like, Mm. and I was like, you are uncomfortable. You don't want to be here. Let's go. Hmm. And I fucking, we left, we left the whole event.
2: Cool.
0: And, uh, that, since that day we were just like, yeah, we're going to be best friends. Think it's these, huh? Yeah.
2: <laughs> All right. Last question. What is the coolest fucking thing you've ever seen Ricky do?
0: The coolest fucking thing I've ever seen Ricky do. Oh, uh, um, the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen Ricky do or maybe say is I've wanted to start a podcast mm. for the last three years. I've tried multiple times. I haven't been successful, successful with it. And she basically was like, I want to do that with you. You want to do that? And I was like, fuck yeah, I want to do that shit. <laughs> um, and, you know, I think that we can, as bartenders, we're like maybe, creative with making drinks and in some ways that makes us feel good but it doesn't isn't it all it's not all for us it doesn't fulfill us creatively and so the coolest thing she's ever done is extend this idea that she's wanted to do and pursue Mm -hmm. and allow me to be a part of it and us build together and do that
2: cool thank you
0: Those
1: mints I'm going to announce These mints real quick Announcement section (laughs) Um, So We have another competition For Montenegro Uh, It's called The Vero Bartender I said that very Boston Vero Bartender V-E-R-O Bartender Vero Um, The submissions are due June 16th Mm -hmm. There's a lot of information For the cocktail I'm not going to list it here But the website is Shakester.com
0: It's a Gemini competition So you know There's
1: a lot of different things There's a lot of
0: different things happening
1: You will So they're gonna pick um, Two winners from each region I believe there's four regions So it'll be eight in total Mm -hmm. You'll compete at Tails In New Orleans
0: Sweat your balls off
1: Sweat your balls off Eat a bunch of fried food Can't find a salad anywhere When you finally do You can only eat it with a spoon That happened to me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they literally had they had no forks or knives. It was only a spoon. I'm like, this is a motherfucking joke. Um, anyways, let's re- let's reel it in. Um, the final will be in Italy, and then if you win, you win a five day trip. Everything Dolo included. to yourself.
0: That's good for you, though. For you.
1: you. For you. Um, yeah. So sounds great. Uh. Go to Shakespeare.com to find out the details.
0: Also, big ups to them owning Shakestir.com.
1: Yeah, that's a that's lit a big, fucking... That's a biggie, biggie. Yeah.
0: All right. I'm going to start one
1: called stir, stir shake. shake. Stir <laughs> shake. Stir <laughs> shake. Someone's probably going to steal that now, so that's, that's great.
0: Yeah. Um, my announcement. So uh, some of you may know, but some of you may not know, that my partner, Orlando Franklin McCray. Um, last week, after an exhausting shift at Maison Premiere, um, and it was rainy outside. Got to the top uh, of his steps and slipped and fell down the flight, um, and fractured his femur in four different places. Um, this last last week, um, I was with him and during his healing process in the hospital. Um, cause Taylor is the best. Aww, thank you. <laughs> um, and now that he's back home and, um, doctors say that after his surgery, he had to have a surgery, uh, like a reconstructive surgery for, um, the bone itself. Um, he got a metal rod, um, and some bolts put in. I've been calling him bolts all week. Um, Not bolts, bolts, um, <laughs> that, um, He will be out of work for a minimum of six weeks, but doctors predict that it'll be two to three months. Um, During these times when our uninsured friends of the hospitality industry are going through um, injuries that um, prevent you from working, um, we do things in order to help them, Um, Mm -hmm. i.e. Alexis. We need to um, squat up right now. Squat out. (laughs) So... Uh, This Monday, May 27th, from 10 p.m. to 3 a.m., um, we are throwing an event called Love for Lolo, uh, a fundraiser to help our boy with those wild-ass hospital bills. (laughs) Um, Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. Um, We are throwing the event at a very dear friend of ours. Um, Ben Rojo just opened up his own bar called Black Emperor Bar. Um, it's uh, one ninety seven. Another Second announcement Avenue. with an announcement. That is another announcement. Go to fucking Ben's bar because he just opened that shit, and uh, and Ben is the shit. And Ben is the shit. <laughs> so on Monday from the t- May twenty seventh, which is Memorial Day, so y'all do your beach shit and then fucking come through. Um, we all tips will be donated to uh, Orlando. Um, uh, the sponsors are Don Papa Rum, Roku Gin, Grey Goose Vodka, Chombo Tequila, Brick Lottie Scotch, Maker's Mark Bourbon, Italicus, um, and all cocktails will be $9, shots $5, beers $5. Um, we also have some things to raffle. Um, I think it's really important, especially when it's in your city, to come and support the people Mm-hmm. Who have come and support you at your bars and visited you, um, and that's my announcement. Please come. Um, yes, I'm gonna be working because uh, your girl needs to work. But I get, out, Cuba, I, I, I get out. I get out at after. one, and all, yeah. and it's gonna be till three. So I'm Same. gonna be there for the latter half.
1: Both of um, us will, because I have to work as well. Yeah, uh, we'll be there right after.
0: We'll be there. Um, come through. Um, come support. Um, and you know, just know karma. Is a beautiful and ugly thing So you choose No, I'm joking uh, Pick one, which one you want Which one you want
1: <laughs> Call me not, Let's
0: not do that. No, come through, we'd really love to see you And appreciate your support and love um,
1: Yeah, that's I just feel insane You said to look into your face each day Can you tell
0: My um <laughs> my last word is something that i was looking for a co-workers so uh like number in my phone and they had like a really common name let's say it's ashley mm-hmm. and when i typed in ashley i realized that there were ashley's that i had worked at and every time i save a number in my contact if i work with you i put where we've worked mm-hmm. right So there was an Ashley, there was like five different Ashleys at five different places I've worked. Um, And I realized that like, one, I have a lot of clutter in my contacts. And I think like just going through your contacts and deleting people that you will never speak to again is important. But Mm -hmm. also I think so often we really create these genuine bonds with our coworkers um, while we're working with them. And it feels like they're friends that we'll have forever and or for a very long time that will maintain. And as soon as you stop working there or they stop working there, it just does. It just dissolves. Uh-huh. And I think that's something that's been weighing on me a little bit heavier. I think because I was going through all my contacts and looking for that person.
1: You're like, Oh, this, this memory I had of this person or, you know, what happened to this girl or that guy? I mean, or, when
0: we, when we were working together, we told each other all about each other's lives. We gave each other advice on each other's lives. We would go after, uh, you know, out, after for drinks and these were people that i genuinely cared about at that time mm-hmm. this wasn't like a disingenuous you know relationship um yeah. but realistically speaking because it's a hospitality industry because we we know our jobs are disposable it's this weird thing that the friendships that we also make are disposable in a way yeah. um that we never want to admit and so there there was a point where i went through my phone and people i would type in you know acronyms that I made for those jobs and see the whole staff that I had or put the yeah. name in for the, for the place I worked and see who was on that list and delete the people that I didn't feel that connection with. But I also, you know, reached out to people that I did have a connection with. And I said, listen, it's been a couple years since I've seen you. Um, hope you're doing well. You know, I really valued our friendship when we had it, you know, we, yeah. and, and then specifically the seamstress team, I said, you know, I wrote out to, you and I was like, listen, I'm not proactive with maintaining these friendships, that's and hard. it's hard because not We're only does busy. life continue, but you also work at new places where you find new friendships and uh-huh. you find that like new, new family, click. new
1: yeah. yeah. And y'all that's can a, relate. Y'all can relate. You all can relate you can relate with other people sometimes when they work. because you're
0: talking about work, and also like yeah. that's a part of what gr- draws you so close is that you have this common denominator, which is the place that you work. Mm-hmm. And that's usually sometimes the pillar of your friendship is that one thing. And once that's removed, you don't know. You know, there's. It's like high school. Like how many friends do you have since high school, or how many friends you have been since college. You know, like there's maybe will be a couple, one maybe, but you know, to it's you have to be really proactive with allotting time for those friendships. And it's okay that you haven't. I think it's just important that before you delete that number, that maybe you just. Kind of like for me, I just need a little bit of closure and just been like, hey, like we were homies. I still like I cared about you a lot. Life happens. Hope you're doing well, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, just kind of have that bit before you either delete the number or you decide to rekindle a friendship. Um, You can just delete it again. If these people were like didn't mean shit to you, you just had their information because you needed them for coverage, then that's fine. Like purge through it. But you know, I definitely hit up people on sea sea was like I'm not being proactive in this in maintaining these friendships. I think about you guys often. I still care about you, mm-hmm. and I want you to know that I hopefully you understand that my lack of action does not mean that my feelings for you are mirrored towards like, is that. A like I don't mirrored, care. Yeah. yeah, like that I don't care. Cause I do. And I, you guys were really important to me and special to me. And I'm not saying that I'm going to see you next week. I'm not saying I'm going to see you this yeah. summer. I'm not saying I may see you ever, but what I'm saying is that you were important to me. And I just want you to I know that. I think
1: also as a New Yorker, it's kind of understood that like our lives are crazy all the time. We meet so many people, especially in our industry day to day. it's just like, it's yeah, understood, but, but
0: it's understood, but it's like out, but, I get your feeling you like sometimes you're like oh re- my
1: god this person I was so close to when I worked here yeah
0: and like I've had breakups that like I've had like other bartenders behind the bar with me like help me through and I've oh had like god. I've had I've had sh- argues with this person and that person or just things that have financial situations happen to me things that like well people have like given me their shifts because they know that I'm going through a hard time like really mm-hmm. really like amazing like points of Like friendship, like just like good shit that people have done, and it's okay to just be like, "Hey, like, saw you in my contacts. Just want to reach out. Hope you're doing well. And if that Mm -hmm. sparks something new, then only invest in those people that you know that can spark something new in. Yeah. But it is shit. (laughs) Yikes. Um... (laughs) Pause. But um, I think it's (laughs) I think that you know it's something that I did this week that felt really good. I think that I tend to harbor anxiety and not really know where it's coming from mm-hmm. or just like have anxiety and not really understand where it's coming from and then I do certain things and I'm like huh that was like something that wasn't even on my checklist or to-do list but here I am here it is helping me declutter my anxiety
1: mm-hmm.
0: and like it just worked for me and I think like yeah. I have thousands of fucking people on my phone right now and like literally thousands and I think yeah. it's like two, some, 2000 or something. Mm. And like I need it. You need to declutter just to declutter. Sometimes it's not just your space, but it's your emails. It's your it's your contacts. It's your music. You don't listen to anymore. It doesn't feel like appropriate. Perp- you know, it's just like mm-hmm. I think the process of decluttering is important and also making people feel special is important. You're right. And that was my last word.
1: Cute. I love that. Mm. Um, I'm going to piggyback a little bit on one part. Um, the part of people that make you feel good when you go to work and they help you through whatever. I want to say that sometimes work is very stressful for all of us. Um, but it really makes a difference when you work with a team that can realize when you're stressed out and can literally just make you laugh whenever you need it. Like at the drop of a dime. Yeah. Like you could be in the weeds at service bar. or You could be dealing with a horrible person and you just look at them and they're doing something real dumb just to make you laugh yeah. even in like the thick of it. Yeah. And I want to say that I'm really fortunate that I've had that almost every place that I've worked, especially in New York. Um, I worked with a lot of really good teams. So I want to say sometimes you have to be that person. Yeah. You know, you may feel the stress from someone else cause like we're all busy or we're all doing whatever. But if you take one second to make someone laugh, it could change your whole shift. Yeah. And I'm very lucky to have that right now. And I've had that before. Yeah, And I think I realized that I was going through my memories um, like two days ago in my phone. And this time last year, we're getting ready to open Polynesian and we were very stressed out. We had like a two month training process. I remember. And I was thinking about the team that I had and it was hard on all of us, but we were able to laugh about a lot of things all yeah. of the time. And I want to like shout out everyone that I opened that bar with because it's been a year. We opened them all day weekend and yeah. even up to the first day that we opened, it was extremely hard
0: yeah I remember that like
1: having breakdowns before work but then actually being there and doing it with the team that I was with I couldn't have done it any other way I yeah. would have been extremely miserable
0: and like uh, what there's like a time and a place to have conversations at the end of a shift about things that are happening uh-huh. but it takes like two seconds to make someone laugh to do something really silly face or you do some dumb shit yeah like I've like you know when you're like flipping your jigger to like yeah. make it from one ounce to two and just oh. like and like like flipped it and it like somersaulted into the sink and just yeah like, mm, and just like that you know just, just really
1: stupid clumsy stuff, silly stuff. little tiny things that can brighten someone's and day and not at the will, expense can really make of, your shift
0: and not at the expense of anyone else. I don't like to no. laugh from from no, 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 from no. like
1: well, I mean we do that at sometimes at freehold, but it's it's literally yeah, because like, we can take it you could dish it and you could take it yeah but. It makes a world of difference to me as someone who like humor is uh, something that heals me. Yeah. So if I'm at work and I come into work, and I'm already having a bad day. It's like everyone can read, can read it. It yeah. won't be talked about until I'm ready to talk about it. But it's just no, oh, make Ricky laugh today. Yeah. Or, hey, this happened to this person last shift. Let's just make sure they're laughing the whole time.
0: Yeah. Basically, what we're saying is be the one ounce of lime juice in the last word and brighten someone's.
1: Hey, circle, bring hey, hey, that around. That was hey, great. Hey, wow. hey, hey, good fucking job. Thank you. That's what I'm trying to say.
0: <laughs> we love all of you guys for listening. Please follow us at No Call No Show Pod on Instagram, and um, we would love to hear more from you guys. Um, if you email us, even with some feedback of what you thought, um, subscribe to Anything. our SoundCloud, um, and we really
1: want you guys to, to. So we have these segments that are really important. The airmail, which is you can ask us questions, mm-hmm. and between the sheets, which is we want all of your really funny hookup stories. We're not going to use your names. It could We're be funny. Going to... It could
0: be not be funny. It could, it could, could be, be really serious. It could be things You're that right. need to be addressed. We just want to hear it. We want to hear it. We, we
1: want to talk about it. We will not expose you if you don't want to be. Just uh, yeah.
0: yeah. Ricky's real good with the names. You mm-hmm. know that.
1: I got them on deck. Sharkeesha was Sharkisha a great Sharkisha one. It was
0: a good one. <laughs> Anyway, thank you guys. Bye. Thank you. Happy birthday, Taylor. Bye. Bye.
1: (laughs) (laughs)